Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I just praise you and thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that confirms your word. Confirm it to our hearts, Lord. Encourage us tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 68 and verse 4. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. He is, I'll add, a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. I've been on a little, this bit of journey in my own life, I recently, I felt as though God revealed to me that there was a lot of doubt and that I needed to settle some things. And I, and I was in prayer, I said, Lord, what, you know, what's the first direction we need to go here? And I felt like God was just impressing upon me the need to build and settle in my heart God as father and me as son. So this would be a bit of a 101 course here tonight. If you were looking for 650, you can come on a different night. This is a 101 course tonight, amen? The Bible says that God is our Father, amen? Jesus prayed to the Father. They said, Lord, when you pray, you get results. The disciples were constantly interested in Jesus' prayer life. You ever notice that? They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to have more faith. How do you do it? And when Jesus uh, gathered them together, he said, we pray to our Father. The Bible says that in Ephesians 3, well, let's go there. This is a great prayer of, of the Apostle Paul. And we like to pray this at our house, and we just change the pronouns. We may, instead of you, we say I. And in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul says in Ephesians 3.14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father. Of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Notice that heaven is a family. It's not a race. It's not a, it's not a society. It's a family. It's very interesting in, in the book of Galatians, as Paul is ending his great expose on legalism, He asks them to leave him alone. 
He said, I bear in my body the marks of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, don't trouble me anymore with these legalistic questions. And he closes with this, neither in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. So there is a new Israel that God has created in the new covenant. There's a new race of people. There's a new church, you might say. And that church is the family of God. It's the new Israel. And that nation or that people or that family came about by the birth of a father. Amen? Peter tells us that he has, we have been begotten again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Begotten again. Born again. Born of the Spirit. The, the children of God are marked by the Spirit of God. In other words, the authenticity of our sonship or daughtership is based on the Spirit of Christ in our hearts. And the Bible says that the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of God. So how did that happen? How does that happen? The Bible says that when Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, he became alive in the Spirit. And when we put our faith in him, that same life is birthed within us. And this is a living hope. The Bible tells us in Hebrews that God is the father of spirits. And you'll notice in every one of Paul's letters, he addressed, not everyone maybe, but many of them, if not most of them, he says, greetings from the father and his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. These are letters from a father to his children. Amen? But we were, Pastor Ned was just sharing with me an interesting statistic a couple weeks ago. In 1950, 30% of children born in the United States were living in families without their biological father. Presently, that's flipped. 70% of kids in the United States are living in homes without their biological fathers. This is truly the fatherless generation. And although for me, I feel as though God wants to strengthen us in knowing our God as Father, in the security that only the presence of the Father can bring, I believe God wants us to show forth the Father through the church, through His church to a lost world. The world is longing for belonging. They're longing for a father. And it takes a son to reveal a father. The Bible says in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son, Hebrews 1. God is speaking God wants, through Jesus. And God wants to speak to the world and manifest himself to the world and show them his love and show them that he wants to call them home through sons and daughters in the earth. Not necessarily Christian converts. Not necessarily churchgoers. But God wants to reveal himself, his presence, and his will to the world 
through his sons and his daughters. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, if you want to go there with me, in chapter 6, Paul is talking, and, and just in the context of this, we're going to jump to the end of the chapter. He's talking about the fellowship of the Christian believer. And I'll just pick it up. I'll just give you the context here. He's talking about being unequally yoked. And in verse 14, he says, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Belial is an idol. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you and I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So in other words, therefore, based on what God is saying, you see, God has called us to be holy, but he's showing us how. He said, I want you to come out of the world, and I want you to come, and I want you to dwell in my house. And God shows us his purpose. He said, I want to dwell with you. I actually want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to walk with you in your daily life. And most importantly, he says here, I want to be your God. I want to do things in your life that you can't do. I want to do things in your life that others can't do. I want to do things in your life that only God can do, that only I can do. But here's the condition. I want you in my house. I want you in my presence. I want you to identify with me and my house and not identify with your past and not identify with that old man and not identify with the world, but you are a new creation. I have birthed you through my spirit. So come into my house. Isn't that good? Amen? That's the condition. God says you live, you belong here with me. I was over the uh, couple yesterday... My son had a game, and he gets very excited when he has a game. If it's later in the day, we got to keep him busy. And he said, I, I have a game. I, you know, will you come? What are we going to do here? Come on. And I said, listen, I, I've got to study because I've got to preach tomorrow. He says, all right, all right. Well, listen, I'm going to go out in the garage, and I'm going to hit some baseballs off the tee. And I said, that's a good idea. Keep you occupied. Well, I hear a bang here. And I go outside, and sure enough, he engages me in what he's doing. He says, so should, I, should I hold my hands like this, or should I step this way when I swing the bat? And sure enough, it's 20 minutes later, and I'm, I'm giving him a, a, a little batting lesson here. But I said, listen, i got to go inside. But he says, no, you can't go inside. He says, when you leave, I make those same mistakes again that you told me not to make. I turn my head. I stepped the wrong way. 
Say amen. See, it's God's presence with us. It's the presence of the Father that makes the difference in our lives. We were singing earlier, Emmanuel. What does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 1? Jesus came to us, Emmanuel. His name shall be called Jesus, Savior. He saves his people, Emmanuel, God with us. God wants to be with us. God wants to dwell among us. Amen. The Father's presence. That's what makes the difference. The presence of the Father. God doesn't want any separation between us and him. If you study Romans chapter 8, I've just been studying Romans chapter 8 recently, and I just seem to go back to it again and again. It's just amazing what God has done for us in this plan of redemption. And I'm just going to give you the keys, okay? You're going to get the spark notes right now. God frees us from the condemnation of sin. God sets us free. The Bible says that we have been made free from the law of sin and death. Released from it. The Bible tells us that we have received the spirit of his son. I touched on that earlier. We know that we are children because we have the spirit of Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're none of his. God marks his children with his spirit. We have hope of a new body. The Bible tells us he foreknew us and that he predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. He called us. He made us righteous. He justified us. And then we have the promise of glorification of a new body. Now in light of all of this, it culminates at the end of Romans 8 with this promise. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Can I tell you the answer to that question? Nobody. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at us. Nothing is going to separate us from our relationship with God. Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, through all these things, he goes on to say, we are more than conquerors in Christ. I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, nothing, height, depth, is going to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I was listening to Derek Prince recently, and he, he messed with my theology a little bit. He talked about wounded spirits and how we can have a wound in our spirits through, specifically, he was talking about rejection. And so many of the issues that, that people have in life are father issues. They're issues that have come about because of broken relationships with fathers, Abuse from fathers. Fathers that weren't present. Fathers that were present, but really absent. Amen? And some of the... De now, you know, biologically, it's the father that brings the identity to the child. It's the father that determines the sex of a child. It's the father's seed. And it's God the father that brings identity to his children. 
He brings identity, naturally speaking, but God our Father brings the identity in our lives that we need. So whether it's a deficiency in our understanding of God as Father, or it can be broken father relationships, naturally speaking, some of us can have wounded, broken spirits. And God wants to heal the rejected, wounded, broken spirit. And he took me to the story of the leper. So I'll paraphrase it. It's in Matthew. But the leper came and he said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And what did Jesus say? He said, I'm willing. Be cleansed. And as he went, he said, I want you to go show yourself to the priest. And I looked this up. In the Old Covenant, if anyone developed a leprous sore, they had to go show themselves to the priest and be examined. The priest was almost like a doctor figure in that, in that sense. And they would examine the sore on the skin. And if the sore was more, if it was what you call, the Bible says raw flesh, they had to go isolate for seven days. And they literally would go out into the wilderness for seven days. And then they would have to come back, and the, the priest would look at the sore again, and he would see if it spread. And he would see if it were skin deep, or if it, was, if it continued with raw flesh. And if it was still so, he would send him back out into the wilderness to be separated. Can you see where I'm going with this? Listen, when there's a wounded spirit, when there's a broken spirit, when there's father issues in our lives, it's not just skin deep. It spreads. It affects other areas of our lives. It goes deeper into the human heart and God wants to bring healing and God wants to bring cleansing and God wants to send us home back to the house of God and say, show yourself to the priest. I want you to go back home where you belong. You don't belong separated. You don't belong isolated. You belong in the Father's house. Be cleansed. I am willing, says Jesus. Jesus wants to bring healing to broken spirits. Jesus wants to bring healing to the fatherless heart. And I just want to speak this over you and me. Let us hear the Father's voice. In Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus came to John the Baptist and he came up out of the water, the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And the Bible says that the voice of the Lord spoke and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You're my beloved. You're my sons and daughters. You're the object of my desire. God says, I'm your father. I want to be your father. And in Hebrews chapter 5, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. You're a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Notice the father gives the identity, the calling, the purpose in his life. God called Jesus. He called him a son. That's why he was able to walk around with people accusing him all day, with people resisting him all day. How did he do it? How, could, how did he continually fulfill the Father's plan with all these people coming against him? The devil was against him. The, the religious people were against him. 
But he had the security and the affirmation of the Father. And that's what God wants to give us. He wants to give us that security, that affirmation, that knowing that we're dwelling with the Father, that we're walking with him, that he's dwelling with us, that no matter where we go, he's with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. This is stability. Dwelling in his presence. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then we go right into chapter 4. And notice Jesus was led right after the spirit came upon him. He was led right up into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Why? Because now he could handle him. He was no match for Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't walking in his own ability. He wasn't walking in his own authority. It wasn't presumption. He was walking with the Spirit. He heard the voice of the Father. And now he could face him squarely. Same with you and me. We're going to encounter the devil. He's going to come. He's going to come and he's going to test us. And he's going to tempt us. But we can handle him by the Spirit of God. Notice the first thing he said to him. If you are the Son of God. Command these stones to be made bread. What did he want to challenge? His sonship. What was he after? What was he really saying? You're not the son of God. If you're really the son of God, let's see you do this. And what did Jesus say? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, sons and daughters of God hunger for the word of God. That's how we eat around here. God wants to provide a buffet for his sons and daughters. He said, I want you to eat, and I want your soul to be satisfied, Isaiah 55. Eat what is good. I want you to consume my word. That's how you're going to live. That's how the Spirit lives, the voice of the Father through the word of God. So Jesus says, shut up, devil. Notice again, the devil came to him. And he said to him in verse 6, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. It's written, he'll give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Notice Jesus said, you shall not test the Lord your God. And that's a direct reference to Exodus 17, where the children of Israel tested Moses. And they said, Moses, if God is real, we want to see a miracle right now. And you can look it up later in Exodus 17, 7. The Bible says that they tested the Lord if he were truly among them. They said, we're not going to believe unless we see a miracle. The Pharisees tried the same thing with Jesus. They said, show us a sign so that we could see if you're the son of God. Jesus said, this generation seeks a sign. Now, I want to be very careful here because the Bible says that God confirms his word with signs following. Amen? The, the, the church of, of Jesus Christ is marked by the supernatural. But they were trying to get him to perform a miracle on the spot to authenticate the reality of God. And Jesus said, no. No. God dwells within us. He is alive in me. He truly dwells among us. And Jesus said, 
Again, shut up, devil. I am a son of God. And by the way, what was the accusation written on the cross? Do you remember? Jesus was accused and put on the cross for claiming that he was a son of God. Think about that for a minute. The devil doesn't want the manifestation of the sons of God in the earth. He fears it. The Bible says that we labored with birth pangs. When we're born of the Spirit and a, the son and, or the daughter of God is born, there's literally a crying out in our spirits that wants to be clothed, the Bible says, with habitation of a heavenly body. We're desiring the new creation. Because when the new creation comes, the revealing of the sons of God, that means the enemy, all of his principalities and powers, he's done. That's the end. It's over. He's going into the lake of fire. So he is fighting the revealing of the sons and the daughters of God. He can handle a few church folks. But when sons and daughters rise up, hallelujah, when sons and daughters, listen, the Bible says that Jesus in the days when he was on the earth would cry out to God because with vehement cries, prayers, supplications, and he was heard because of his godly fear, because he believed that the Father was able to save him. And can I tell you that Jesus did go down into the pit and the Bible says he did learn obedience by the things that he suffered. And he did fulfill the will of God. But as we fulfill the will of God, and as we obey God, and as we take on suffering in stride, the Bible says that God will raise us up. Hallelujah. And God raised up Jesus on the third day. He said, I'm not going to leave you in that situation. I'm not going to leave you down there. The devil's not going to have his way. I don't care how bad things look right now. I'm coming, and I will raise you up. I'm going to stand you up and I'm going to perfect you hallelujah God is perfecting sons and daughters we will be perfected the Bible says Jesus was perfected as a son and the promise is that God when we make mistakes when we go through the suffering God says I'm perfecting you I'm establishing you as my son and my daughter I won't cast you away amen Thank you, Lord. And I guess I'll close with this. The Bible says that when there's iniquity in families, that that sin and that iniquity is passed down to the third and the fourth generation, right? Deuteronomy. But the Bible says in Psalm 112 that the generation of the upright are blessed, that they'll be mighty upon the earth. And God wants to raise up next generation fathers and next generation sons and next generation families that give glory to God where there's a generational blessing where the fathers, the hearts of the fathers are brought back to the sons and the hearts of the sons are toward the father and the blessing of God is upon that relationship and it moves down from generation to generation to generation, hallelujah, until Jesus comes back. Restored relationships. God wants restored relationships with his sons and daughters. And there are sons and daughters out there that are lost. There are sons and daughters that need to know that the Father is calling for them to come home. And he wants to use us to call them home to manifest and to bring forth the nature of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Lord, I pray 
for myself, uh, God, I pray that we would be settled and uh, stabilized and, and strengthened in knowing you as our Father, in knowing that we are your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.